Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. If you want to get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion. Thanks for downloading. All right. Well, it's time to move over to the West, where obviously we will get to the reigning national champs in a little bit, but we got to start at the bottom. And uh, the worst team in the SEC West, according to our three-man aggregate poll, is the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. So um, really not a lot to get excited about here um, for uh, for Dan Mullen's squad. So... Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, in his, in his six years at the school, um, he's, uh, 55 and 37 with, sorry, 55 and 35, which is, you know, or sorry, seven years at the school, 55 and 35, which is pretty, you know, pretty remarkable considering the history of that program. But, you know, it is, they have to replace Dak Prescott and that's just, you know, that that's going to be so hard, isn't it coach? It really is. I mean, Dak Prescott, of course, you know, Playing in this offense and still getting drafted in the fourth round by the Cowboys is, is pretty impressive in and of itself. And uh, you know, I, I really do like this offense and kind of kind of seeing it go. And you know, I'll, I'll be honest: as much as I hate as much as I hated Florida, I, I I really do like the system that they do, and I really do like some of the offenses they run. Um, but it, it, what what kills me is is that the fact that they can't get a big time quarterback when obviously. <laughs> obviously they can be in the market for one. And uh, just the fact that they can't recruit at that position uh, it, it baffles me. So, you know, the best they got is Nick Fitzgerald. I mean, is he going to – I don't know. I mean, he wasn't a name that, you know, coming in to Mississippi State, you know, was a guy that you expected to be to be the, uh, the, the franchise guy. And, and it just – I don't know. It – it's not. It's it's a position that I think that there's plenty of athletes that can do what they do at Mississippi State and and run what they run at Mississippi State. I think there's a lot of, you know, I, I think somebody like Brandon Harris, who's starting over at LSU, could could would have been a perfect fit at Mississippi State. You know, guys like that who can run the option and be a good enough threat throwing the ball, but don't have to rely on that, could easily come to Mississippi State and start and and actually you know, be a star. And, uh, you know, that's one thing about Dan Mullen that, that I haven't really quite figured out yet is, is how, how has he not gotten a big name quarterback in here except for, uh, you know, except for Prescott. So it, it just is one of those things that, that I want to, you know, that I would like to investigate at some point, but, you know, just, just a, a new defensive staff, uh, you know, they have, uh, AJ Jefferson up front on the defense. He'll be joined by Nick James uh, on the defensive defensive line. Richie Brown. Um, he turned down the NFL in order to stay for his senior year. He was the top. He was a top five tackler in the SEC. Tolando Cleveland at cornerback. Kevon Coleman, Mark McLaurin could be you know could be good at safety, and, and they're they're coming back. So it's going to be a rough ride for for Mississippi State. They're in a tough division. So I mean, I think it's. I think it's about right where where we where we haven't predicted. Yeah, you know, I mean, whoever does 
uh, whoever is behind center for them this year, they've got some good receivers coming back, you know, especially Fred Moss, Fred Ross, I should say, um, you know, who he was a thousand yard receiver last year. Um, and, and they got some other options there too, to, to toss the ball around too. But uh, Josh, what are your thoughts here on the Bulldogs? Uh, Mississippi State just reminds me of one of those secular programs where you kind of go in a cycle where when they really experience, that's when they're dangerous and they kind of hit that valley. And, you know, 2014, they had 10 wins, lost a lot of people, but Dak Prescott was there. Prescott willed them to nine wins. Now that he's gone, I think this is the valley. Um, But I will say this for Dan Mullen – he has gotten them to a bowl game every year but 2009, which was his first year. He has stabilized that program so much. It's difficult to recruit there. And we can say that they're the worst in the West, but it wouldn't surprise any of us if they're still competitive, if they snuck into a bowl game like they did in 2013 when they were only 3-5 and five in conference but seven and six overall. And um, the last thing I have to say about them is you're always going to have a tough schedule when you're in the SEC West, but road trips to Baton Rouge and Tuscaloosa do them no favors as they try and rebuild without Prescott. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep it rolling here in the West. And uh, our, our, our second to the bottom team is, um, you know, the – uh, the former home of our East worst team, the, the Auburn Tigers. Um, you know, they have uh, addition by subtraction and getting rid of Will Muschamp, obviously. So, but, uh, you know, obviously Gus Malzahn is on possibly the hottest seat in college football. So uh, what, what's the forecast for, uh, for the Tigers there, Coach? Well, they're going to have to find an answer quarterback. You know, Sean White and uh, the other guy they have <laughs> – I mean, it's bad that that he's their he's their best option. But uh, defensively, they hired Kevin Steele from LSU, um, opening the door for Dave Aranda at LSU, and then opening the door for, of course, Justin Wilcox at Wisconsin, which we'll we'll talk about later. But um, Kevin Steele was kind of one of those head scratchers. He's a Saban guy. He's an Alabama guy. So you wonder what he's going to bring to that defense, but. You know, I think what they're going to need is consistency. You know, I talked about this when I talked about Will Muschamp and, and how inconsistent their defense was. That's what they need. They need something to stabilize that defense because they have a lot of talent over there on that side of the ball. You know, you have uh, Monster Adams, or Montrevious is his actual name, uh, but his nickname is Monster, um, at defensive tackle. You know, you have talented guys over there on, on the defensive side of the ball. You just got to figure out if they can if they can do it or not. And, uh, you know, they just need some consistency over there. Offensively, I think that, you know, of course, they could, they could uh, you know, it's going to be a pivotal year for, uh, for Gus Malzahn and that crew. And, and it's going to be one of those that, you know, it's a make or break deal. And if they, and if they break, then Auburn's going to be looking for a new coach. If they make it, then great. They'll be up there competing with Alabama and LSU, Ole Miss for, for the, for the divisional title. And it's going to, it's going to be a tight race as it is. And, you know they could very well go nine and three and finish fourth in the fourth in the division. So, um, you know it's going to be if they can just get some decent quarterback play, I think that they can. Uh, I think that they can win. All right, Josh. 
that's generous. I, I see the losses coming early and often for this team. They open with Clemson. So good luck with that one. Um, and then obviously they have to play everyone in the West at Alabama to end the year. Their crossover games include a road trip to Athens. So that's not going to go well at Ole Miss. That's probably not going to go well. Um, there are, there are a ton of minds that they have to figure out a way to work around with a complete question mark at the most important position in football. That's not a recipe for success. We talked about the defense ad nauseum being a disaster last year. I don't see how this Auburn team is competitive on a consistent enough basis. They'll probably get to a bowl game, but it'll be like six and six, seven and five. I'm not sure that is good enough for the fans on the planes. I think Gus Nelson's seeking new employment at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on all counts there, Josh. I don't really have much to add for Auburn. I think this team is really going. Jeremy Johnson is the guy. Jeremy Johnson. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't think this team's going very far. Uh, another team with a coach firmly atop the hot seat is Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M. So, uh, Josh, what's uh, what, what's going on down there in College Station? Well, I've talked about it before. If you look at his tenure, the best years of his career is when he had Cliff Kingsbury. He's now at Texas A&M. Without him, he just like cycles through quarterbacks, can't pick a guy. We've seen a ton of roster turnover, highly touted recruits bolt in the program. They've suspended the coach here in the offseason. Um, it's just it's just tumultuous. And um, there's that funny internet uh, meme of the guy, it, it's like a dog sitting in the kitchen reading a newspaper and the entire room is on fire. The dog says, this is all right. That's what, that's what Texas A&M is right now. Everything that are red flags about your program stability are being checked off the list right now. It's like, oh, roster turnover. Oh, coach is fired. Oh, like there's all these issues with the Aggies. And then you throw in their schedule. And I love doing this. I'm like Woody Page on Around the Horn. I always look at the schedule. And SEC West, impossible schedule as always. But, you know, Alabama has to be a road game. You know, at Auburn, that's no gimme. I think those two teams are a toss-up. They open with UCLA. Their crossover game includes Tennessee. I mean, give me a break. It's not going to go well there for the Aggies. No, and, and as tumultuous as the offseason that they've had with, you know, losing every top-tier quarterback uh, transferring out, you have a coach getting, again, coach getting suspended for what he talks about on social media. You know, here's the good news. Uh, Noel Mazzoni comes in, graduate transfer quarterback Trevor Knight comes in to hopefully lead an offense that did score 30 points in, what was it, 12 of their 12, uh, or actually they scored 30 points in every game. Um, uh, or had they, no, I'm misreading that now. Um, they could have finished 12 and 1, but their defense really let them down. Um, you know, they have John Chavis coming in his second year. They have Miles Garrett, who, uh, you know, his arrow is still pointing up. So I think if you compare AM and Auburn, AM's arrow is, 
I guess you could say it's pointing up and Auburn's is pointing down. I think uh, Kevin Sumlin's seat is less hot than Gus Malzahn, but certainly they're both red hot. So um, it's just kind of like, you know, grasping at straws here. But, uh, you know, I I think it's going to be a tough go. Josh, you you pointed to that schedule that they have coming up. They start with UCLA. That's no easy task. I mean, UCLA is is, is a team that's, um, you know, looking forward to contending in the Pac-12. So, um, John Chavis is going to have his work cut out for him week one with Josh Rosen coming into town. At Auburn's always a tough, tough place to play. Arkansas is much improved under Bielema and Tennessee again, uh, a wide favorite to win the East. Certainly, um, not the unanimous pick of, of the illegal motion college football podcast, but, you know, they're certainly in the, they're certainly in the mix and they're, you know, they're certainly going to be a heck of a lot better than they, they have been. So someone's got his work cut out for him. Um, hopefully, for his sake, that Noel Mazzoni works out. Maybe he does. He's worked with him in the past. But, you know, outside of Cliff Kingsbury, who was a extremely talented offensive coordinator and, and, and looks to be finally getting, you know, finally getting his act together as a head coach, you know, you, you see a lot of good things about him. I was getting ready to put him on the hot seat earlier in the summer. And then, then I looked into it and read about him. And I was like, well, actually, this guy is improving. So, um, so Yeah. It's it's going to be tough here for the Aggies. Yeah, it, it really is. And if you think about those guys uh, who transferred out, especially Kyler Murray, that guy was such a promising quarterback, and he's he's gone to Oklahoma. So um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. I would not be surprised if someone is out of town, um, either by on on his own accord, or if he is, or if the university cuts bait with him, um, you know, either late in the season or you know immediately in the off season. So um, uh, next up in uh, right in the middle of the four spot is a team that Josh and I are much higher on than the coach. Uh, and that is uh, Woo Pig Suey. Um, um, the Hogs down in Arkansas. And uh, so, obviously, uh, Coach, let's start with you because you actually picked them to finish last in the West, and I'm curious as to why. I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, they have a lot to replace. They have Brandon Allen to replace, Alex Collins, Hunter Henry, uh, Denver Kirkland, Sebastian Tritola. Um, you know, th- th- there's a lot to replace. And, uh, you know, Austin Allen, the brother of uh, Brandon Allen, could, uh, you know, in, in the spring, he, he, you know, he kind of took over the position. I, I just think there's so much turnover on with, with, uh, with the players on that team that, you know, you know, losing top tier talent like that. And as much as they've lost, is going to be a tough, tough thing to do. And, and, uh, you know, I, I thought that, you know, they would slip up and lose a game that they shouldn't. Um, and I think there's a razor's edge difference between finishing third and last in, in this division. You know, you know, there's, you know, there, there's one game that could separate those four spots, and uh, you know it, it's it's going to be one of those one of those deals where you know they lose a game here, they lose a game there. Next thing you know, they're staring up at everybody else, and and you know Auburn might have a worse overall record, but in conference they might have the tiebreaker, or you know it, it could be a situation where all where all seven West Division teams go to a bowl game, you know, and they finish six and six and finish last. You know, it's not necessarily – I'm not necessarily pointing to that as, as an overall negative, but I just think that losing what they're losing, and uh, I don't know. It's just – for some reason, it's, it's a gut feeling too. You know, there's a lot of tight games, and when you lose talent like that, you know, those those tight games that you won a year ago uh, don't go in your favor 
the next. So um, I don't know. I mean, they could finish six and six and finish last in this division. That's how good this division. This is, is you know, this is very true. Josh, what do you what do you like about the, this hog team? Well, this is going to be strange to say because we do like to poke fun at Brett Bielema, and that's mostly because of how he left Wisconsin, our alma mater. And you can tell this is going to be serious because I call them Brett, not Bert. But um, Bielema is just a consistent commodity. He will always have a good offensive line. He will always have a 1,000-yard back. He will always find a way to squeeze as much out of quarterback play as he can. And it just, it sets up nicely. He's been there long enough that he's got the pieces he wants. He's got the staff he wants. We saw them improve game to game last year. I just think this is a team with all the concerns that coach laid out. And there are a ton of concerns, but I I just think they're, they're moving. And it's been a slow and steady grind, but they're like a train. And this is the year where they're just going to be running downhill so much behind what could be one of the best O-lines in the conference. And then love, love being a broken record, but they have one of the easier schedules. They host Alabama. They host Florida. They host LSU. They play Texas A&M at a neutral site. I know it's in Arlington, but that's that's an easy enough city to get to that it's going to be pretty well represented. And Jerry Jones is an Arkansas alum. So exactly, exactly. And so their, road, their only true road trips in conference are Missouri, Mississippi State, and Auburn. If you can go 3-0 and in true road games in the SEC, which they have a possibility to do, you're going to be sitting pretty. Yeah, I, and I, I'm with you, Josh. This, I think this offensive line might be one of the best in the country this year. Uh, this is this is Burt's fourth year uh, at the helm of um, of the Hogs, and we you know one. And so he's the guys who are in that first recruiting class of his are now seniors or redshirt juniors, and they've really you know matured. And you know they have true Hog mollies there. They have a big nasty offensive line, and there's nothing I love more than than big nasty offensive line. And so I you know I'm excited to see them just run the ball down people's throats and see if they can do it against, you know, the best defenses in the country. So I would, I would love nothing more than to see Alabama just take it to everybody in the West. I just, just not confident that they actually will be able to do that. But, um, you know, nothing fires me up than a good, than a good slug fest run game, but Oh yeah, there's absolutely nothing like it. So, um, well, let, let's keep moving on to uh, three. We got, we got three teams in the preseason top ten polls, uh, and uh, the third of those uh, that came in our poll is the Rebels of Old Miss, led by uh, the conference's best quarterback, Chad Kelly. Um, so, the nephew of former Buffalo Bill great Jim Kelly, uh, personal favorite of mine. So, uh, uh, Coach, what are we, uh, you know, they've also, though, got uh, Ole Miss, though, had one of the great recruiting classes in the country last year. And they probably have the two best freshmen in the, two of the best freshmen in the conference this year. Um, and Shea Patterson, quarterback who will probably not play, um, but also Greg Little, who is uh, the number one offensive line recruit in the country. Well, I mean, you, you said it right there. Greg Little is, is a guy that's going to come in, start left tackle day one. He's uh, minus all the off-the-field turmoil. He is Laramie Tunsil part two. Um, then you have, you know, to replace Laquan Treadwell, you have number one uh, receiver coming out of Tennessee, 
um, who was actually uh, the son of an NFL player and NFL coach, uh, Van Jefferson, who's going to be looked to get a lot of those targets this year now for uh, for Ole Miss. I mean, a lot of talent. Still and, AJ coming Brown, back. and A.J. Brown, too. Yeah, you have A.J. Brown as well. Uh, you know, good point there, too. Um, there's a lot of talent here, and, 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 I, and I guess because – you know, and, and they could vary. And again, I, I alluded to it when I was talking about Arkansas. There's a razor's edge difference in finishing first and finishing fourth in this division. You know, it's 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 one play here, one play there could could separate these teams. And and uh, you know, I think Ole Miss is one of those teams that's shown that they can get over the Alabama hump. Al, you know, going out and beating Alabama hasn't been a problem the last two seasons for Ole Miss. It's it's living with prosperity has been the key for them. You know, they, they haven't been able to deal with prosperity in the right way. You know, they go out and they, they have a baffling overtime loss to Arkansas where they had the game locked up. And, again, it was one of those miracle fourth down plays that was one of those famous or infamous plays, depending on who you're looking at it, whose perspective you're looking at, uh, with the overhead flip for like on fourth and 20 and uh, something like that. I forget the town of distance, but it was the one thing. The one question I have about that play, because actually I re I rewatched that game. It was on ESPNU, like you know, classic games of last season. And I'm like so in the mood for football, and I was so bored that I watched the end of that game. It was a fourth down play. He flings it over his head as a lateral, but it hit the ground. Once it hits the ground, isn't it ruled a fumble? And once it is ruled a fumble. I thought you weren't allowed to advance fumbles on fourth down. I think that's just – I don't know. I, I think it – that's a weird rule. Yeah, I think – I don't know. Or, or because it was such clearly a lateral, does that, like, supersede? I, I think because it was behind the line of scrimmage and the, and the, and the ball went backwards, I think it was okay. I think, I think there's rules to prevent quarterbacks from, if it's fourth and short, just throwing the ball – Past the marker and then going and recovering it. I think it's okay. that, but you know, blatant. And, and I think it's one of those things where they review it and they return it type yeah. deal. And, and I, so I guess that that was that was ruled because there wasn't a whole lot of controversy. I don't remember there being a whole lot of controversy yeah. over that. Well, I mean, it wasn't the same as like Miami Duke. <laughs> no, where the guy's knee was down. <laughs> yeah, just a minor problem. Yeah, minor issue, minor issue. So, uh, Josh, we're in, we're in midseason form, critiquing the refs before a down of football has even happened yet. That's, yeah, that's what we do here. That's quite impressive. That's quite gotta, impressive. So, gotta hold those guys accountable. We definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, well let's let, let's keep let's move it on to Baton Rouge here from number two on the West. Well, I didn't get to talk about Ole Miss. What's up okay. with that? Okay, okay. Go um, no, I'll be real quick. I was just going to say LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss are all. Very, very similar. They have impressive ceilings, and all of them are capable of knocking off Alabama. The problem is they each have their own unique question marks. And with Ole Miss, there is so much smoke with Hugh Freeze right now that we don't know what that locker room is like. Some teams circle the wagons, they come together, and they play better as a result. Sometimes this kind of pulls locker rooms apart. So that's an issue. And then lastly, of all these contenders in the West, Ole Miss has the murderer's row of a schedule. They have Alabama and Georgia in September. 
Then in October, they have road trips to Arkansas and LSU. I mean, that, like, they're really good, but could lose all four of those games. They, yeah. they better start fast if they're gonna if they're gonna have a chance in those games. And you know, yeah, they, well, they certainly they certainly have the tools on the offensive side of the ball. Also, yeah. don't, also, Josh, don't forget they opened the season versus Florida State in Orlando. Ooh. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, we could be looking at a five or six loss team here. That, that's going to yeah. be an exciting Labor Day. Oh, uh, Labor Day evening. Oh, yeah. um, I think. I, okay, even though I have Ole Miss behind these other teams, when we get to our own individuals' final standings. I will say this for Ole Miss fans listening out there. I actually think they have the highest ceiling of the trio Arkansas, LSU, and Ole Miss. Okay. And, and Josh, I agree with you, and the reason I picked them where I picked them is because of the distractions and could they overcome them. And I I thought that these distractions – they've had these distractions for a while, but I think it's starting to – I think it's really starting to pile up on them. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the, the reason I have them with the highest ceiling, Matt, because I think you were about to ask me that, just real simple. You mentioned it, Kelly, best quarterback in the division, probably the best quarterback in the conference. All right. Well, I think that our next team, LSU, has the highest ceiling of those three, um, and that is one of the big reasons for that is their new hire at defensive coordinator Dave Aranda, um, who brings, um, you know, in his last two years at the University of Wisconsin, they he had the number one and number two. Uh, best defenses in the country over the last couple of years. Uh, he is he is one of, if not the best defensive coordinator in the country. And LSU is paying him as such over a million, uh, his salary is over a million dollars um, for, for, as a coordinator, which I know is probably the going rate in the SEC, but it's a big jump from what he was making um, in Madison. But LSU, obviously, uh, the, the biggest piece of this team is uh, tailback Leonard Fournette. So, um, Coach, you know, we, we know what to expect here with the Tigers, don't we? We do. Um, they're going to be extremely fast. They're going to be extremely physical. They're going to compete. Um, what, you know, again. And, and they'll I, be lucky if they have a quarterback who completes 50% of their passes. I know, and, and, and that's odd in and of itself. You know, they, they have an NFL coordinator who actually has gone against the trend of NFL coordinators and has actually done pretty well at LSU given the circumstances, um, you know, because a lot of these NFL coordinators tend to fizzle out. But how they can't recruit a top-tier quarterback is beyond me. But here – and I actually had them, uh, you know, like three times. I I put them as the SEC West champion and, of course, the SEC champion after that. Uh, and then I kept changing it because, again, the same reason that I didn't have Ole Miss winning it is the distraction, you know, the whole Les Miles situation. You know, all the cards are out there. All the dirty laundry's out there now. The, you, we know how that athletic department feels about Les Miles. And, and they put their cards out on the table, and they seemed pretty unapologetic about it. Miles should have left last year. No one would have blamed him after what happened to him. Um, and so you've got to look at it as, can they overcome that distraction? And if they can, they will – I will be scratching my pick out and most definitely picking them. But as of right now, I don't see them overcoming that. Josh? Well, I'll keep it short because we're running on time. Cam Cameron, that's why I didn't pick them to win the West. 
All right. Um, yeah, uh, Dave Aranda is why is the reason I almost picked them to win the West. But obviously, the reigning national champs and the preseason number one team is Alabama. There's not a lot more that you can say that hasn't already been said um, about about the Tide. Uh, I mean, you know, constant top two recruiting classes every year. Uh, Saban now has three titles at. Um, at Bama four overall, including his one at LSU, he is uh, the modern day Bear Bryant, and you know that team th- they can lose almost their entire you know entire starting twenty two and replace them all with all SEC caliber guys. So I mean, you know, they they lost a ton of defensive players and they still got a, a million of them come back. I mean, I mean, there's not much more to add there, Coach. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that losing what they lost, Kirby Smart, Mel Tucker, uh, some of the coaches that they lost, it's, it's a team that just continues, continues, continues to uh, to be a juggernaut. And you see what great recruiting can do for you. Um, you know, even though you have five-star guys that are sitting on the bench, that's going to pay off when you lose guys like Reggie Ragland and things like that. So, um what are they going to do at quarterback, though? Um, Does it even matter? They're just going to hand the ball to Bo Scarborough and let him run wild. That's true. That is, that is very true. And, and uh, it's just one of those things where – Or just toss it up to Calvin Ridley. I mean, they got, they got playmakers everywhere. They, 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 don't, they, need, they, they just need, need, they need a game manager. They never had a great quarterback in any of these other teams. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's, one of those pro, it's one of those teams that, that everyone looks at and you're like, man, I wish we had that problem. I wish – we were asking ourselves what we're going to do, and then we ultimately, uh, our next response is, well, it does not matter because we are loaded still. Josh, anything to add? Well, I picked Alabama. You guys picked Alabama. But just to play devil's advocate, if you're looking for a reason for Alabama not to be in the SEC title game, this schedule is absurd. It's at, at Ole Miss, at Arkansas, at Tennessee, at LSU. Rewind the podcast, listen to what we said about those four teams, and you can see why it's so difficult. And that's just in conference. I mean, they open with USC. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a chance – there's a very real chance that this could be like the greatest nine and three team we've ever seen and just destroy someone in the bowl game. And it won't reflect on their talent. It'll just reflect on how big of a grind this schedule truly is. Yeah. It's one of the toughest schedules in the country. I mean, you know, it's... Yeah, they don't even get the benefit of their open date being, you know, somewhere early or at the halfway point that they don't have an open week till Halloween. Yeah, Oof. it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding for them. But uh, you know, as a group, uh, we all picked Alabama to win the West, and we all picked Bama to win the title as well. Uh, which probably means that they will be a playoff team. Um, and so, couple, uh, we're gonna be giving superlatives for the conference for uh, uh, at the. Can we end. run through our own individual race. Yeah, yeah. So, Josh, why don't, why don't you start it? All right. In the, east, in the east, I got Tennessee edging out Georgia. Then Florida, Missouri, Vandy, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Over in the West, I have Alabama winning it. But I think Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss will all probably tie for, like, second or thereabouts. They'll each have, like, one or two conference losses. 
um, you know, beating up on each other, that kind of thing, um, in addition to losing to Alabama. And then A&M, Auburn, Mississippi State bringing up the rear. So that's what I got. Okay. Uh, and do you want to go through your champion? Sure. I got Alabama. I got Alabama over Tennessee as much as I love Tennessee. I, I got to be realistic with that one. Um, my offensive player of the year, because I'm buying Tennessee so much, I'm going to go with Joshua Dobbs, the quarterback. Jalen Hurd is probably better, but there are so many good co- running backs in this league, Leonard Fournette, one of them, and there's not as many good quarterbacks. I think Dobbs will put up a lot of gaudy numbers, and they'll think he's the reason Tennessee's in the SEC title game and not Hurd. Um, my defensive player of the year I think Missouri is going to be a little bit better than people are expecting. So I'm going to go with one of their talented linebackers, Michael Shear. My coach of the year is going to be Bush Jones at Tennessee. My rookie of the year is Kirby Smart, a.k.a. Jacob Eason down there at Georgia. And that's how I got the STC plan out. All right. How about you, Coach? Well, uh, we'll start with the East. Uh, I've got UJ winning it, Tennessee runner-up um, after a close loss in Athens. Then I got Florida, Missouri. Then I've got South Carolina. Uh, Kentucky and Vandy uh, rounding up my East. Um, Vandy's just not there yet. Kentucky, I think they're going to compete well, but uh, I just, I don't know. I think they're going to lose to South Carolina and that's going to be a tiebreaker. In the West, I got Bama, LSU, Ole Miss. And then uh, after that fourth spot, I have A&M, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Arkansas, as you alluded to. I think that that could be there could be one game that could flip that whole standing upside down. So um, right there, it's just really kind of a coin flip. Uh, my champion, I've got Alabama beating UGA uh, because UGA is just not ready to win the SEC yet, but I do think they do win a, a mediocre East. My offensive player of the year is Leonard Fournette. I think he's going to rush for 1,800 yards. My defensive player of the year is Miles Garrett. I think he's going to crush the single-season SEC sack record. Um, because he's going to have plenty of opportunities to because a and going to either have a lot of three and outs or they're going to score or just play quick. So he's going to be on the field a lot, so he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Uh, my coach of the year, I think, is going to be Kirby Smart because he's going to win the East. Um, and my rookie of the year is, of course, Jacob Easton. I think that's pretty much going to be unanimous for us. He comes in, starts. He's at a high-profile position. Um, his teammate could also very well be rookie of the year, Isaac Nada at tight end, but it's going to be Jacob Beeson throwing him the football and Jacob Beeson, let's be honest, is going to get more of the attention. So it could even be, it could even be Nicole Hardman too. So I it mean, it could be, yeah, Georgia's Georgia's probably going to be one of the youngest teams in the conference. So your rookie of the year could come and probably should come if they have any bit of success from, from that UGA team. They should also just have a bunch of three tight end sets because their three best players on offense might be all tight ends. Yeah, they will. They will. It'll be uh Yeah. Yeah, that'll, we'll have a, that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll that'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, for me, I've got uh, in the East, uh, the Dogs, Georgia winning it, uh, followed by Tennessee, Florida, Vandy in fourth, Kentucky, Missouri, and then South Carolina rounding out, uh, coming in last in the West, Bama, LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, uh, Texas A&M and Mississippi State bringing up the rear, Alabama winning the title game over Georgia, um, Fournette, 
offensive player of the year, like uh, like you said, coach, going to be 1,800-plus yards rushing. I expect 20, 25 touchdowns. Um, defensive player of the year, Vandy Zach Cunningham. I think that he's going to lead the lead. He's going to lead the conference in tackles. Um, he's also a guy who'll get in the backfield a little bit, maybe four or five sacks, a couple picks, a couple passes defended. I mean, he's going to be on the field all the time because our offense can't move the ball. So how many forced fumbles? Oh God, I I, I think he might get a half dozen. How many <laughs> decapitations? Uh, uh, two and a quarter. How many scoop and scores? Uh, three, but one of them won't count because of a holding penalty. Does he block any kicks? Uh, he blocks two kicks. That's a really impressive stat line you've just created. Yeah. What, what's it? What's his? Uh, what's his stat line going to be? Uh, how many sacks is he is he going to have while wearing the Vandy Stormtrooper uniform? <laughs> oh, oh gosh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I will be averting my eyes, so I won't. How many uh, acres does he drop? Uh, I, I mean, if you consider it an ankle tackle, I've got, I've got him going for 145 tackles this year. So no, I meant physical anchors. Does he drop? I mean, <laughs> Lord even knows. I don't. I don't even know what to take with that. So, uh, coach of the year Kirby Smart, rookie of the year Jacob Eason. Uh, you know, I, I think that's. I think I think that's pretty pretty straightforward there. So uh, that's going to wrap up our SEC preview. Hey, hey, how about this prediction, real quick, before we go? Who's who's the first to get fired? Josh. Whew. You know, it's tempting to see Hugh Freeze unravel. It's really tempting. But I think it's going to be Malzahn. Coach? I think it's going to be Malzahn. Uh, I'm going to go with Sumlin. So, um, but I, I think I, it, might, it might be uh, – it, it might be uh, Sweater Vest reincarnate Malzahn. So – um so yeah well well you guys can play this game at home i've talked about enough on the air compare mel zahn's numbers to uh what's his face (laughs) blanket on his name yeah gene chizik if you compare their numbers they're like frighteningly close at this point it's a fun game to play well i i i feel for all the people in the plains um you know the the, uh, the big trees are dead. Their team is dying. It's, it's, it's not a pleasant time to be living in Auburn, Alabama. Well, they got basketball season. Oh, <laughs> I mean, how many years before they've got sanctions there? Oh, well, so, they, got, uh, they got Sir Charles. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's terrible, terrible, terrible. I tell you what, man, this football team, man, they should just hire me as a coach because my son is just terrible, terrible, terrible. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I may be wrong, but I doubt it. So, um, so that is going to wrap up our SEC preview. So, on behalf of the coach Corey Burton and our blogger Josh Cook, uh, this is the professor Matt Perkins saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. To get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.